Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to the creators behind one of Sourcepoint Press's newest releases, Etheress. Stay tuned to find out what comics Anas Abdelak and Dennis Benieri take into an artificially intelligent robot takeover apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, where you can read comic news and become part of a community of fellow comic lovers. To find out more, be sure to visit comicscene.org. On a side note, if you do enjoy the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, whichever podcast service you use, as not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Anas Abdullak and Dennis Miri, uh, Min- Minhir, sorry. Um, how are you both doing? We're pretty good. How are you? <laughs> Not too bad, but but sweating over the pronunciations of of, of both of your names. Um, we we've just been having a five minute conversation on pronunciations just before we came on there. So thank you both very much for your patience and understanding. <laughs> we, we deliberately you messed with your head a bit. So. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no. Thank you both so much for, for for coming on Comics for the Apocalypse. It's a, it's a real pleasure to to, to host you both. Um, and uh, for those uh, that haven't come across you just yet, uh, what do you both do in the world of comics? Uh, Dennis, right. Well, um, I started my journey in comic books uh, a year ago as a, as a as a comic book artist, and uh, that is currently what my uh my goal in life is <laughs> make as much comics as as uh, as humanly possible that is basically my goal in life nice. <laughs> for sure and then how about you Les? uh yeah i'm a, i'm a comic book writer i started making comics about almost 2 years ago and i've put out um three books so far Etheris being my third one which just came out yesterday as of right now awesome <laughs> and uh, for, to, to give the listeners a bit of a flavour, um, tell us a bit more about Etheris. Well, Etheris is a poetic one-shot. It's, it mixes both prose and poetry together to tell a story about the afterlife. And it follows uh, a woman named Valerie who finds herself in a realm where souls go when they don't belong anywhere else. No heaven nor hell. It's just this realm called Etheris. And she has to kind of like navigate her way through this realm understanding her past her trauma and you know confronting her demons to understand why she thinks she belongs there awesome and uh the 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 art on your side dennis um is just absolutely stunning oh thank you (laughs) yeah um it's 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 really really beautiful um from from what i've seen I'm um I'm I'm yet to fully read it, um but I'm uh, I'm definitely putting it on my pull list to get from my local comic book shop. Awesome. Um, so yeah, no, it's it, it looks absolutely beautiful and kind of the, the the premise is um is is quite powerful as well. Um, so before we kind of get into um the, your comics for the apocalypse, 
Um, Give us a bit of background about how this actually came to be. Uh, Dennis? Well, you tell it better than I can. Sorry, we've we've had a long day. (laughs) (laughs) I I do? Okay. So um, I was like at a junction in life, (laughs) that sounds really serious, where I was like, uh, I I just want to change it up. (laughs) I was like, I... I've always wanted to make comic books uh, since I was a little kid, uh, since I read my first uh, comic books, which um, I'm sure we'll talk about later. And um, But I never felt like my, my skills were good enough or there was any way to reach out to, to any writers or editors that would you know pick up my stuff because I had no uh, sequential art or, or anything of that sort. So um, at some point, I just figured um, I saw this Facebook uh, page and it was, uh, I always, re- sorry, I always forget the name of it, but it Connecting was, comic book writers and artists. Connecting comic book writers and artists. It's, it's very simple, but I always forget it. And uh, I, I don't have a Facebook page, but I thought uh, I'll make, I'll make uh, a profile and I'll just, um, you know, put my name out there. Uh, but I mainly had like fan art of uh, Marvel characters and DC characters. And it was explicitly... Um, stated that you couldn't put those up there so <laughs> I basically said hey <laughs> if you're looking for an artist go go elsewhere go to my Instagram not thinking that anybody would e- ever click on that but Anis did and uh, he looked at my Insta- Instagram and ignored uh, all the red flags because you know this was a new Facebook profile with no picture I didn't use my actual name <laughs> very smart <laughs> and uh yeah they contacted me uh through a dm on instagram like this is a, a different story actually not this one would you like to work on this and i was like yes please and then <laughs> um stuff fell through and uh we were like hey maybe this story would suit your work a lot uh speaking of etheris in this case and um i felt it did i was like yes let's let's do this and that that is how we met. And uh, pick it up from here, Anas, please. Uh, yeah, this was this was back in. Well, so, so we've like we've been chatting for a very long time, but we only started working on Etheris about a year ago. And over the course of working on this book together, we honestly like became such good friends. Like we we talk every single day. I'm I'm very very like you know grateful to have met Dennis. He's a phenomenal artist. And uh, yeah, we pitched the book around, we shopped it around, and thankfully SourcePoint Press was very interested in picking it up. Um, and yeah, it was it was a long journey to get it published, but I'm really glad that we we managed to do so. And you know, this is our fir- both our first book on the direct market, and like the whole diamond and previews thing. So it's been a, the reception has been amazing, and we're just very very grateful. That's awesome. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure this is the, the start of a, uh, long and illustrious career for both of you. Um, so, on, so. On, on, I'm sure it will be. Um, so, uh, on, onwards and upwards for sure. Um, now, um, where, where, where's the best place to find you both online? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my, my, my account handle is NS underscore Abdulhaq, just my name and my surname. And I'm active very both very much so on both. Yeah, same here. Um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as well. Mostly Twitter. Uh, I, I can't figure out Instagram at all. And uh, my handles are just uh, my, my first and last name, Dennis Manera. 
um, on everything. Um, also have a website, of course, with a portfolio, which is also my first and last name, <laughs> .com. <laughs> Very inventive. <laughs> <laughs> well it's it, it's good to be kind of obvious yeah. isn't it yeah. <laughs> um so uh yeah no very good and of course uh all of those links from the show notes folks so feel free to go click through to check out um both Anis's and dennis's work um online whilst we're chatting uh now all of that aside i've got some terrible news for you oh, oh no i'm afraid i am afraid that and we don't know if chat GPT has got something to do with this, but, <laughs> but unfortunately an artificially intelligent robot takeover is taking place right now as we speak and they are taking over the world. Um, so my question to both of you is what is your action plan for survival? Okay. Um, I, I may have overthought this, but at the same time, I kept thinking, like, what are my resources? So my initial thought was just, like, get a bunch of EMPs <laughs> and then nice. go, to, go to a remote island or just, like, you know, go off the grid, um, build a cabin in the woods, which is actually my real-life plan. Like, that's my dream. Uh, go remotely, get a cabin in the woods, solar-powered, and just live off the land. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Dennis? Well, mine is actually, if I really had to do that in real life, and I, I think we're pretty close, actually, um, <laughs> I have almost the exact same answer. So <laughs> I would go to an island and uh, set, set off the borders with EMPs. Uh, but I did have like an amendment to this uh, story because I don't know if you read the short story. I have no mouth and I, I must scream. Have you heard? Have you read that? I haven't, no. Oh, um, well, I did, and <laughs> it's about an, an AI takeover, sort of. It's it's a classical story, and we really do not have any chance. We're just screwed. We're all screwed. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm afraid so. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever way you spin it, but you can hold out for as long as you can, and that's what you've both done. You've both ended up on a on a remote island with a bag load of EMPs at the ready. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, no, you've managed to find each other. Um, and one night um, around the campfire, um, you start talking about kind of comics and, you know, um, the, the good old days um, <laughs> and all of that. And uh, you, you start both asking each other questions on comics. And the first question that you ask each other is what's the first comic you remember enjoying? Oh, all right, so uh, I, I remember the first comic I read, uh, like first American comic, because uh, as European, there's, there's there is a lot of comics, but they're very different from American or, or Japanese ones. And uh, the first comic I held was a, a Spider-Man issue, which was uh, at my grandmother's house because she had like a weekly folder full of magazines, uh, non-comic related, but there was uh, Spider-Man comics in there. Spinemum, <laughs> translated to Dutch. And uh, mm-hmm. I, that was the first one when when I saw uh, any any American comic, and I was blown away. But but the first one I really remember like getting into, and uh, being like my gateway comic book is is it's probably very cliche, but it's Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, it it had Classic. it had a couple of pages in the, what was the Dutch issue number two, in which um, the the heroes were transported in some some kind of meeting room. 
And I had never seen any of those people except Spider-Man. But, uh, you know, Wolverine came in and like 70s looking Drax and uh, I don't know, uh, Silver Surfer was there and Doctor Strange. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> this is amazing. I want to read everything about these characters. And uh, I think they're drawn pretty, pretty swell. So maybe I would like to do that, too, at some point in my life. And um, that was the one that, that, that stuck with me. Uh, also, uh, I had... Uh, a turtles comic, like a kids turtles comic, which I really loved, and it had a slash in it, which is like a so yeah. I, I'm not very good at uh, turtles lore, but I think he's like a sort of a, an evil turtle sort of, <laughs> and, <laughs> and he had claws, and uh, I really dug that. So naturally, I, I started reading uh, Wolverine afterwards. Any X Men books? X Men is still my favorite. And um, yeah, that is that is really that the, the Infinity Gauntlet is the one that I would say stuck with me uh, the most. Very cool. And how about you, Anas? So I okay, this might be a surprising answer because I'm a, like a late '90s kid. Um, but my very first comics were the Uncanny X Men from 1964. Uh, I grew up watching X Men the animated series. And I remember distinctly, like, one of my very earliest memories is watching, like, catching X-Men 2000 on the TV, and I was blown away by it. So by the time I got to a stage where I was good enough at English to actually understand what I was reading or anything like that, I begged my brother to get me some X-Men comics. And, um, you know, not that I endorsed piracy, but I grew up in Syria, and we didn't have really access to comics. Mm. But he got me, like, a big file full of original X-Men comics from the 60s. And I inhaled those, like, for months on end. I would just do nothing but turn on the computer and read those over and over. I was obsessed. So these were my very first comics. Um, you know, eventually I grew out of it, and I, I wanted to explore different characters as they were making cameos in the books. So I started reading some of the more, more current stuff. And, uh, yeah, I've been reading comics ever since, nonstop. Amazing, um, and then kind of for, for for both of you, when when did you decide that you know becoming a creator was an option? Um, I think for me it was a, it was in it was in university. I I studied film and television, and quickly realized that you know the ideas that I had, <laughs> I had no way and no means to create because of the budget that they would require. And I've always loved the medium of comics and it was, it always seemed so limitless to me. Like you could just create any story you want. You have no limitation. You have no censorship. You can go as wild and outlandish as you'd like. And you don't have to worry about, you know, budget and that, that kind of, that sort of thing. And so I remember the very first story that I, like I had a short film script that I was really dumbing down and like watering down for it to work as a short film with my current like student budget. And I was like, this could work so much better as a comic book because mm -hmm. I could actually have these big scenes that I really wanted to incorporate. And yeah, that I, I initially um, had it as a short film and I reworked it to become a comic book script. And you know, that was, that was it for me. Very cool. How about you, Dennis? Well, I gotta say like uh, a valid way of actually doing comic books and being on, on shelves that, that always seemed, impossible to me um i was still kind of stuck in the mindset that you know you'd have to live in america and maybe do uh auditions or something and uh, you know like sort of 
unaware of the the indie scene as well because yeah, for me mm. uh, the comic books were the big well I consider them big I would say big four because I've 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 been uh, reading Image and Dark Horse for a very long time and um, but I I never thought that me as this uh, stupid Dutch guy that doodles stuff. <laughs> in, in uh, except at some point where you know people started buying some of my 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 work and um i was like all right maybe i could do illustration for a living i had a job as a, a commercial illustrator very well I, 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 I won't elaborate on that it wasn't fun and, <laughs> <laughs> but um i thought okay if i if i want to make comic books I better have some some examples, some sequentials, and uh, maybe build a portfolio, uh, and then maybe send it over to any editors that that would be willing to see it. Um, but I didn't have anything, so I thought, okay, I got to make a start, and um, that's when I when I uh, I uh, created that Facebook post. And I, but you know, as as we actually uh, got through the process of making this book, then. At that point, during making that, I was like, I think maybe people would actually want to see and read this. You know, this could be good. And we, we kept telling each other, maybe we could get this published. Maybe we, maybe a publisher would, would do it. I mean, there's the option to do uh, crowdfunding, of course. Um, and, and that's mm. there's nothing wrong with crowdfunding. But the, the boyhood dream was, you know, getting it in a shop. And... Uh, that that never seemed valid to me up till like a year ago. Wow. And now now you're living the dream, Dennis. Oh, I I, I cried my eyes out yesterday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have a comic book on the shelf for the first time in my life, and I I I still can't really explain how that that felt. It's right? very cool. Yeah, it's very cool, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, now uh, going back to the campfire you're still going back and forth with questions. And the next question that comes up is what's the funniest comic that you've read? Um, for me, it's sex criminals uh, by Matt fraction and chips Darsky. It's brilliant. It's bizarre and absurd and probably <laughs> the best thing I ever read. Um, I, when I like from, from all of the things that I've read at the time, I was only reading, you know, more serious books that were put, being put out by like Vertigo or Image. So I had never encountered like a comedy comic book. I think this was my very first comedic comic book. And I didn't think this would work in that medium. And just, you know, Sex Criminals was fantastic. I, I think it's hilarious and everyone should go read it because it, it's a masterpiece, honestly. Awesome. And then how about you, Dennis? I, I have not read Sex Criminals. I, I've, I've heard Anna speak about it a lot of times, but I haven't read it. Um, I, I find I find it a, a difficult question because uh, if you'd ask me which comic makes me like laugh out loud, I, I wouldn't know. I think um, I think writing comedy is pretty hard. I'm not even a writer myself, but how how do you write comedy and uh, do that in a, in the medium of comics? Uh, there's there's instances. I find funny. I, I used to think uh, when I was younger, like the second volume of, of Deadpool was pretty funny when he was like uh, having internal conflict. And I laughed a bit about that. But as I got older, you know, sometimes I just roll my eyes. It, it says, <laughs> 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 have you read, 
Have you read X Factor? Which by one? Leah no, I've read all the. Have you read the old X Factor? No, you haven't. <laughs> well, of course, I have. You did? Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I love X Factor. No, I, I the X Factor I've read wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> of well, course, but the Leah Williams one is hilarious. It's gonna be funny. <laughs> the Leah Williams one is hilarious, and I think you should give it a go. Saga is funny. Saga, I, I laugh with the Saga uh, characters a lot. That's true. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And then uh, switch, switching gears, uh, what's the saddest comic that you've read? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think me and Dennis were going to have similar answers, but I'd say Silver Surfer by uh, Dan Slott and Michael and Laura Allred. That one is just heart-wrenching. It's very Doctor Who vibes, and like Noran Rad is just traversing the, the universe and, and space, but he has a human companion with him. Her name is Don Greenwood. And over time, they develop this beautiful relationship that's like such a good slow burn. And the last issue of the book, um, she dies because she grows old and he doesn't grow old. And I, I remember like sobbing reading that. Like I was, I was really distraught. <laughs> such a good comic book. And yeah, I, I will always Ooh. miss Don Greenwood. Oh, man. Um, and then uh, Dennis. Um. Yeah, that one. <laughs> By the way, Silver Surfer is like the the one book I would want to do at some point. But just putting it out there, and uh, <laughs> again, Saga, putting it out uh, to the universe, it will it will uh, happen. <laughs> yes, yes, just manifesting it right here. Um, <laughs> uh, there's there's a bigger a couple of Saga spoiler moments uh, that that I felt were really uh, upsetting. <laughs> um, also, I I always I'm, I'm a sucker for when. Uh, there's these 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 moments in in Spider-Man books when Peter Parker like has to fight some villain and he almost dies and he really has to fight for I don't know any relatives or what have you and then he overcomes it and then there's always these shots that he he comes home to his apartment and all his clothes are messed up and he has like he's he's black and bruised and broken bones and i always i don't know that just always gets me i don't know he fought so i spider-man is such a morally right character in my brain i don't know if he is in the in the comics nowadays but and then he, he fights so hard for what he believes in and then he wins and i don't know I, that that always gets to me <laughs> oh. very cool very cool. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's amazing how much uh, stories can evoke emotion, and particularly with comics, because you kind of can can do it at your own pace, can't you? And you can yeah. kind of reflect on it a little bit, like however you kind of however you read comics, um, and that, that's what I think is is really powerful about the the comics medium um, is the ability to really set it at your own pace. That's very true. Um... I remember taking like taking my sweet time reading Why the Last Man by Brian K. Vaughan just because I didn't mm-hmm. I knew it was a sad ending and I didn't want it to end. Mm-hmm. So I think I took like three weeks just to read the last like five issues because I was too scared <laughs> to finish it. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Fair play. <laughs> Excellent. Uh now, uh changing gears once again, uh what's the scariest comic that you've read? Oof, Dennis? Um I I, I don't find commentary scary i gotta say but uh, it's usually some type of visual style that i find uh i would say airy but not really scary or something it's weird 
Um, I loved uh, when I was younger. I, I bought a copy of Arkham Asylum, and uh, it has a couple of shots of the Joker's face, and they they always creep me out. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is about that artwork, but it always creeped me out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, don't don't show that to a five year old. No, no, exactly. <laughs> it's like super super spooky. It's nightmare fuel right there. Yeah, and, right. Uh, some you know, uh, very very controversial. But there's some anime stuff I think is pretty scary, like uh, Junji Junji Ito. He uh, does a pretty scary stuff, or I w- just gross out stuff, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and, you uh, bet. I always felt uh, the the Tetsuo scene in Akura when he uh, turns into a big gloopy power bomb. I don't know. I guess that. <laughs> it's all trippy, isn't it? It's um, like, yeah. <laughs> Good bomb. But yes, very, very, yeah, very, very, uh, very horrifying. Yeah, for sure. But really scared? No, that, that doesn't really happen. And how about you, Anas? Uh, I was actually having this conversation with Dennis the other day about like horror and comics, which is, you know, right now it's such a hot genre and everyone's, you know, going for horror and I'm doing a horror book right now. Um, but for me, like, you know, horror doesn't really work, um, in like a jump scare way with comics. You can't Mm. really just like turn the page and whoop, you know, jump scare. Mm. Um, So you have to like really build the intensity of the emotion and it needs to be like eerie as Dennis said. And just you know, build build the, the the anticipation, the 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 vibe. And I think no comic for me has done that better than Witches by uh, Scott Snyder. That is just you know, I remember reading that for the first time, and it was dark, and I was genuinely uncomfortable reading it. The colors, it was there was like um, the way they colored it was with splattered uh, watercolor paint that was done after the pages were finished, and mm. I thought it was brilliantly done. And um, yeah, I think it's terrifying. I would never read it again, but I think they're working on a TV show right now, and I honestly can't wait to watch it. <laughs> the art's by uh, by Jock, right? Yes. Yeah, he's excellent. So yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, well, very, two very good choices right there. <laughs> um, now, uh, moving on to my favorite question, and that is, what's your favorite cover? Mm. Um, I okay. I always go for something iconic. There are so many fantastic covers that are coming out nowadays. Like I, I think some of my favorite cover artists are like um, Skylar, Skylar Patridge. She does brilliant covers. She just posted something for Buffy yesterday that that blew me away. Um, but if we're talking like about timelessness, I think the Days of Future past cover with uh, Kitty Pride and Wolverine is just timeless. Honestly, it's been referenced so many times throughout mm. history. And I think at some point I'm gonna I'm gonna have to reference it as well because it's just such a good imagery. The you know everything about it just works flawlessly, and I think it's a beautiful cover. That is a beautiful cover. Yeah, and it's it's, it's quite powerful as well. Um, just kind of like with all of the, you know, whether they've been killed or not. Yes, <laughs> like I love the that. people in the background and stuff. It, yes. it's actually it tells you quite a lot. It, it really in does. One image. It really does. No, very cool. Very cool. How about you, Dennis? Yeah, uh, another impossibility because, oh, man, I love I love so many <laughs> covers. Just yeah, like, uh, I know. I have um, a lot of uh, pictures framed uh, on my walls in the house. Uh, not just comics, but just a lot of pictures. And I have uh, I've I've had three frames made, especially for comic books, like years ago. Like these very kitschy uh, <laughs> frames with all, with all they don't they don't suit comic books at all, but. 
Um, every month I change around the covers, so the books that are in there just for the cover, uh, which is just a thing I like doing. And um, right now I have uh, Overture number one, Sandman Overture, which is by Hank Williams, I think. And he's an amazing artist. Uh, anything by Sienkiewicz is great. Uh, my favorite X-Men cover, for instance, is uh, one he did for a trade paperback where uh, it's the Dark Phoenix uh, trade paperback and she just stands out with her arms and you see all the, the X-Men surrounding it. That is oh, yeah. gorgeous cover. I love that. And uh, my favorite classic one is Secret Wars. That is just... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it just hits me right in the in the fields <laughs> <laughs> and uh anything by uh mike manola anything Hellboy is mm-hmm. great for me his composition is just always on point and that is great yeah i, I just love cover artwork and the inter- I, I, I couldn't pick one absolutely not yeah no i know it's the, there are so many to, to to choose from and uh you've, you've uh given some some great options there for people to to check out um but uh yeah uh, moving on to another of my favorite questions um what comic do you repeatedly read the most Oof. dennis um yeah i i read all my comics um multiple times um I like doing that. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes when it's winter, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read uh, my Hellboy comics right now. And sometimes I just want to re-experience, uh, I don't know, uh, Uncanny X-Force from 2012. That was a great series. And uh, well, that's a good I, I got late into Saga, so I'm rereading that now. And um, uh, I read Watchmen a lot of times um i'm trying to reread black science i I just read that i'm just going to reread it because there's always little hints uh that you pick up in a in, in the second reading i feel and uh i like to study artists as well like how do, how do they make their artistic choices so that is a good mm-hmm. reason for me to reread stuff um and there's nostalgia as well. I love, uh, this is very controversial, but I love the Onslaught uh, saga from X-Men. I just love that shit. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I read it a couple of times. You know, I, I, I love rereading my comics. Um, for me, I feel like it has to be a particularly light comic book that I could just sit down and reread because some of the heavier stuff, I don't know if I can put myself through that again. Um, like, <laughs> Saga is, is a huge read, and I'm waiting for it to wrap up so I could read it. I haven't read it since I came back from hiatus, um, and I'm waiting for them to like just wrap up the story entirely so I can just reread the whole thing in its entirety because it's one of my favorite mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I would never go back and reread, for example, like the Onslaught Saga. That was that was a chore to get through the first time. Oh, it wasn't. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> if, are you reading it with all the crossovers and like the complete collection? <clears throat> Um, there's not as much crossovers back then uh, as there are. There, now. there are a few. There are a few, but they're all in the in collected edition, so I don't have to. You know. So you're reading the full one. Oh, I cannot do that. Um, but yeah, my favorite comic book that I love to re- to revisit is definitely Hawkeye by Matt Fraction and David Ajra. I'm a Matt Fraction fan, if you haven't guessed by now. Um, it's just such a good comic book. It's light. It's easy. It's funny, and the relationship between Kate and Clint is just one of my favorites. And I think they. Like it shined so much, um, yeah. Everything about that comic book works. I feel like uh, it, it lasted just the right amount of time, and without overstaying its welcome, without ever decaying or like you know going down in quality. And it's easy to just pick it up and read a couple of issues, get a good chuckle, 
and put it down. Um, but I also really love rereading Sandman, which is one of the heavier ones, um, just because whenever I read it, there's always something new that I take away from it, something that I never noticed before or I didn't pay attention to. You know, Sandman will always be, will have, always have a special place in my heart. Very cool. Um, now, um, moving on to um, a very um, interesting question that um, everybody seems to interpret very differently. <laughs> but uh, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Okay. Dennis? Well, Etheris. <laughs> and it has the most personal totally. meaning, obviously. But um, uh, this is a nice bridge from my, my last uh, controversial point. But Because I, I just really enjoy uh, 90s X-Men. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're meaningful to me because they got me into comics. All the crossovers I remember fondly. Uh, like uh, I love the Age of Apocalypse. I love uh, the Cuberts on the X Men teams because they just set such an iconic look for the for the book. Um, I, I, oh man, I, I just that that is meaningful just for me personally because you know they got me really from some person that just uh, enjoys comic books to like actually wanting to be a collector, actually wanting to, you know, get into uh, comic books as, a, as an artist. And, uh, the, yeah, they're just very, very uh, important to me. Uh, and I, I, I bought those issues um, with my first money. You know, I had a, a, a book <laughs> out and I had to travel a little bit to, to get to a comic book store because they're not very prevalent here in uh, the Netherlands. And, uh, you know, I had like uh, 10 bucks and I, I got on the train and that was half of that 10 bucks. And I spent hours and hours in a comic book shop just having money for the one comic, you know. <laughs> wow. And I traded it with friends and I have this small stack of uh, mid-90s X-Men books that I will never, ever, ever give away or, or you know, they're, they're very meaningful for me. It's really stupid, but, you know, that's just for me. Not at all. That's very cool. It's very cool. Yeah. So that story sounds very familiar to me because, at, you know, when I first left Syria, I went to the United Emirates, uh, to UAE, and I was in Dubai in, like, this big uh, Virgin Megastore bookshop. And I had, like, barely enough money to really do anything, but I needed to buy a comic book. And I think I spent, like, about two hours just deciding which one I would take because I, I knew that I wanted to buy something that I've already read digitally, but I wanted to read in physical format. And so I was going back and forth, back and forth, until I eventually decided to buy something that I hadn't read yet, which was V for Vendetta. And I loved it. Um, but yeah, I, I relate to that. Um, as for my favorite, my most meaningful comic book, to me that is probably uh, Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood's Moon Knight. Um, I think it's it's a beautiful story. It's so excellently crafted. And it really you know expanded my horizons on what comic books could be. At the time that I read it, I had not read Sandman yet, so it, it just really broadened my horizons. I was like, oh, you could do that in comics? You could tell such a dark, weird story about like mental health and you know heritage and culture. And it means a lot to me because I'm, you know, I'm also Arab and I, ha I have family in Egypt, so I felt really connected to the character. Um, and the art was just fantastic. And yeah, that comic book really made me feel like maybe I could do this. That's a great book. That is a really great book very cool very cool um now uh what's the most underrated comic that you've read 
And I, I forgot to answer that question, I think. <laughs> I'll go. Um, I will say Spider-Woman by Dennis Hopeless. That is a severely underrated book. I think he did a brilliant job, you know, characterizing Jessica Drew and her family and relationships and her friendships. Um, we got, you know, it was, I think it was the first time I've seen a superhero being pregnant and going, you know, full in the action and fighting scrolls in a hospital while giving birth. That was such a, <laughs> such a cool moment. Um, and I think it really pushed her character forward in a way that had not been done in, in a very long time since probably, you know, Brian Michael Bendis's miniseries after Secret Invasion. So I think uh, it, she needed that refresh. I, she needed that something to like push her forward. And yeah, since then there has been, you know, several miniseries and ongoings for her, but I ne- never really hit quite like, quite like Dennis uh, Hopeless's uh, did to me. Um, so yeah, I think everyone should read it. It's funny. It's fun. And um, yeah, if you enjoy Jessica Drew or you want to learn more about her because she's a great character, you should definitely give that one a read. Nice. Um, Dennis, has anything come to you? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's several books that, that I enjoy that, that um, I don't think get talked about that much. Um, one of them, weirdly enough, I think Hellboy should have a bigger spot in the in life. <laughs> you just Hellboy. say Hellboy is underrated? I, I, I do, actually, yeah. I'm sorry. Hellboy has had, like, what? Immense success in the comic book field and three movies and a video game. And, what you know, how can you call that underrated? Because, you know, I don't, my Twitter feed is not filled with Hellboy. <laughs> well, you're not following enough Magnolia fans. Yeah, but they're crazy. No. <laughs> I don't know. Any, that 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 is what I'm saying. I don't that he, he didn't. He, I don't feel. Um, stop undermining me. <laughs> I love uh, Low as well. The image. I'm just gonna switch it. Here's it. Low uh, by uh, Remender. Remender. His his works are great as well. And uh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah uh, moving on to our very last question and that is if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would it be Dennis what comic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's going to be an infinity gauntlet isn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> or on to spite everyone yeah you know don't if we're gonna be in the apocalypse together just don't get upset if i use it for like you know uh kindling for the for the pit fire <laughs> what makes you think I if we ever run out <laughs> i'm just saying you know like if, okay so i'm gonna bring the sandman so which one do you think needs to be like well not needs but which one do you think is more appropriate to be burnt okay 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 you win <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's my answer. I would bring the Sandman. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, thanks, Alice. And uh, and uh, any any kind of particular reason why why it's the Sandman that you that would just be the one? Um, I you know, as I mentioned earlier, every time I read it, it's just something new that I discover about it, and I I think it's mm. um, it's probably one of the most you know. I, impactful and iconic uh, pieces of media in in the contemporary like in our, in my, of my generation um and yeah i think uh, if i get that with me if i get all the spin-offs and everything like if i get the, if i manage to get the whole sandman universe in my backpack i i, I can reread it over and over till i die so i'm good <laughs> <laughs> never miss anything else again 
Very cool. Um, and then uh, what weapon, tool or useful item would you like to both take into the apocalypse with you? Dennis? Well, in this, in this situation, the, the, the best weapon would be EMPs, um, obviously, or, or the power of wit. um i don't know i think you know if we're okay if dennis is gonna bring amps i have to i can bring something else i guess um thinking of something very common that i cannot live without and probably would use a lot in the apocalypse like a maybe a can opener (laughs) just because (laughs) i imagine it'll be very hard to open them otherwise and they you know they have a very long uh, expiration date (laughs) A can opener? <laughs> That's what you're bringing to the... Okay, I can't talk. You're, you're, you bring Sandman and I bring Onslaught, so my opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> you want to eat or not? I do, but... These you'd, perishables... You'd, like you'd need cans as well. Listen, if, if you can, like, I don't know, craft a knife out of stone, that, that would be great. But otherwise, we're going to need a can opener. Oh, this is not Skyrim, okay? How <laughs> <laughs> many times do I have to tell you? <laughs> Skyrim is a game. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're, we're very happy to provide you um, both uh, with with all of your uh, comics and uh, weapons stroke useful <laughs> items um, on on this uh, desert island that you're stuck on, and uh, hopefully you'll you'll live long enough um, to to outsee the robots. But uh, who knows? Um, because uh, you're welcome back anytime on the show, um, and uh, thank you both for for sharing your comics with the apocalypse. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having us. That's, that's so much fun. Very good. Um, and for the listeners, one more time, uh, where's the best place to find you both online? Well, right now you can find us, you know, in real life in your local comic book shop. Uh, you know, you can pick up your copy of Etheris from your local shop. If they don't have it, they can still probably order it. It's available in from Diamond and Lunar. So please give our book a read. It's uh, We put over a year of work into it, and it means the world to us. So go check that out. Um, otherwise, online, I am Anas Abdulhaq on both Instagram and Twitter. That's Anas underscore Abdulhaq. And uh, yeah, you can reach out to me with anything. I love chatting. I love talking about comic books, and I'm happy to connect. Rock and roll. And you, Dennis? Oh, I think we've lost Dennis. Oh, no. <laughs> oh well. Um, he lost my connection. Yeah, exactly. No problem. No problem. Uh, well, um, Dennis's links are all in the on the show notes, folks. So feel free to to, to go check it check him out there. Um, I think before he mentioned that his his main place of uh, socializing is Twitter. So um, yes. make sure that you go, go check them out on Twitter. Um, but that aside, um, again, thank you both very much. Oh, and Dennis has just come back in the room. <laughs> oh, good, man. Oh, good. Um, we were just, ra- we were just wrapping things up and telling people to, to go stalk you on Twitter. Yes, please. <laughs> Excellent. Please don't stalk me about Onslaught. well again thank you both so much you're very welcome back on the show anytime and uh, best of luck um on your desert island thank Thank you so much (laughs) you both take care
Thank you. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks again to Anas and Dennis for being on Comics with the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it we know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Anna's or Dennis's work, or follow them on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the near future, I'll see you next time. Bye for now.